first? Yes. Oh. Welcome back, friends and family. This is the, the What Happened Podcast. To the What Happened Podcast. If you're new here, um, this is a history podcast about all the Are you going to do this every single episode? It's for the new listeners. All right. I'm sorry. Not that we have many, but... I redact my statement, <laughs> and now you hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, this is a history podcast about the wackiest history in town. In town. And all over the world. All right, so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna continue right into my story to end the misery of Ryan attempting to introduce himself for the fifteenth time. Oh, I'm Ryan. That's Owen. Hello. You gotta introduce the host too, man. It's important. Are we the hosts? Yeah, that makes sense. Since I'm leading today's podcast off after our meteor shower uh, event last week, I thought I would go with another fun story, and I named it the Killdozer Rampage. Oh, you don't? It doesn't have a name. What? It doesn't have a name. You named it. Well, I named it the, the 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 word document that, but that's also what a lot of people called it. <laughs> the killdozer rampage. Yeah, a lot of people kept calling it a killdozer. I didn't really like it, but I thought I'd use it since it was in like every article I read. Wasn't Dozer the name of the bad ghost from Ghostbusters? What? You heard me. I don't know. Like the really shitty remake one. No, the one with the, the original kids? one with um. Yeah. You really don't know his name. Bill Murray. Yep. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, just making sure we're still recording, because that happened last week. Yep. All right, so the What date... happened? No! <laughs> we both just did a really bad, goofy laugh. <laughs> so, the date is June 4th, 2004, in Granby, Colorado. It's a good year. Marvin John Haymare is about to set off on a one-man rampage that will change the small Rocky Mountain town forever. Do they have oysters there? love a good Rocky Mountain Oyster. For those that don't know, they're bull testicles. <laughs> uh, so, Marvin Hamer was born October 28th, 1951 in Castlewood, South Dakota, uh, and lived in Grand Lake, Colorado, about 16 miles away from Granby. Uh, John Bouldry, a friend of Hamer, said that he was a likable person, and his brother informed, er, informed, said that he is, quote, or that he would, quote, bend over backwards for anyone. Anytime you start a story off with, like, yeah, oh, guy. he was a likable person, or yeah. he was such a yep. well-mannered child, it's going to yeah. end poorly. Yeah, it means he either killed someone or attempted to. And we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was also said to be an excellent, wel- excellent welder. Like, to weld shit. Those welders can make good money. Yeah. He didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> it's kind of the whole point of this. But, all right, so how it all started... So in 1992, Haymare purchased two acres of land from a Resolution Trust Corporation uh, from the federal agency that handled failed savings and loan associations. Don't really know what any of that means, but... Uh, so if you get, like, if you foreclose on your land... Yeah, I think he, like, it, won it, or bought it from bought that. it from that, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so he bought it for $42,000 with the intent to build a muffler shop on the property. Because you like to weld mufflers. Likes to weld mufflers. Yeah, you? you know when you have the whole world of welding in front of you, why wouldn't you choose a muffler? I just like making cars quieter, man. <laughs> it's it's God's work. These Honda Civics and Rice <laughs> Rockets are too damn loud. So he subsequently agreed to sell the land to Cody Doshef. Is how I'm going to say his name. Don't know if it's right. Doshef. Uh, it D O C H E F F. Doshif sounds Doshif it is. Doshif. Uh, with the intent to build a concrete batch plant named isn't, Mountain isn't that Park just Concrete. A baker? What? Isn't that just a baker? A Doshif? <laughs> okay. Um, so he sold the land to a guy who uh, had the intent of making a 
uh, building a like a, a concrete factory kind of thing on it. He sold it for two hundred fifty grand. Bought the land for what did I say? Like forty two grand. So it made oh, a good profit off good, it. Pretty good chunk of change. Uh, so in two thousand one, Granby's zoning commission and trustees approved the construction of the concrete factory. Uh, Haymare unsuccessfully appealed the decision, claiming that the construction would block access to his shop. With oh, their investigation okay. of the land and stuff, like the town trying to like go with his claim to see if it was legit. Uh, they ended up finding that he wasn't hooked up to the sewer lines of the town and was just illegally dumping sewage on his land. Oh. Yeah, from his like muffler an, shop. Like an EPA disaster. Yeah. <laughs> so he was subsequently fined $2,500 by the city, uh, and he said that the reason he didn't do it is because the new sewer line uh, had to run 60 feet off his property to get to the sewer line. It would cost him an estimated $80,000. Oh, really? And he just didn't want to do it. So, like, <laughs> I'd rather just shit in a bucket and toss it on the land. <laughs> God's way. Yeah. So Haymare complained to the town council about neighboring businesses, lashed out at other land and business owners, and generally railed at anyone who felt was trying to take advantage of him. Uh, he sued and sued again, and this constant battle with the town led him off the deep end. So essentially, he was a business owner and just got mad at like literally everyone around him that also was trying to run a business or would do anything. Like He literally sold this land to a guy who said he was going to build a concrete plant and then immediately sued the guy for building a concrete plant. That's kind of so like weird. Kind of an oddball guy, but yeah. he's an oddball. He'd bend over backwards. He would for you, for anyone, but you not know? if you want a concrete. Plant. No, and not if he sold you land to build said concrete factory. <laughs> yeah. uh, so basically, he just had like a gripe with the town employees and everyone in the town, and then the town also just didn't like him because of the way he treated everyone. So they were just like, there was like a newspaper that posted like a like a really shitty article on him, just basically being like, this guy's an asshole. So the town hated him. He hated the town. Local curmudgeon. Yeah, it was <laughs> a great relationship on his uh, in his yard. So, let's see. So he did what any red-blooded American would do. He took action. Basically, so in March of two thousand three, he sold his land, deeded his house to a friend, sold his muffler shop, and kept only a small closed-off building in a remote part of his land. That he still owned, I guess. Was he, like, building an Iron Man suit in there or Dude, something? basically. So, for the next <laughs> six months, he would build what would be known as the Killdozer. <laughs> okay. Uh, like this I sounds, said, I, I didn't name it. <laughs> this sounds like um, like a the name of, like, a Decepticon or yeah, something. Yeah, like a really shitty Decepticon. <laughs> I am Starscream, no! <laughs> Optimus Prime! <laughs> all right, so. all spark. I'm going to describe the Dozer itself. For a minute here. Okay. So, according to the online tankmuseum.com. Wait. <laughs> yes, you can. There's a literal. It's called the tankmuseum.com. Okay. And it's fantastic. And I, I went to it and it had a really weird description and then was like, other vehicles like it. And it was like, none. It's like, no <laughs> shit, man. Like, he this built it in a, a garage. It's a one of one. Yeah. So, uh, uh, it was based on a 49 ton Komatsu D355A bulldozer. That, once he was finished, weighed 61 tons. I'm more of a cat, man. I'm a cat, man, myself. John Deere. They make bulldozers? I don't know, man. But either way, he bought it at 49 tons, and when he was done with it, it weighed 61 tons. So he added... So, he added... Like... So, yeah, so he added, at most of the parts, was one-inch thick metal, steel metal reinforced plates, and they also had, like, half-inch. So he added, like, 4,000 pounds to it? I don't fucking know. Dude, you just... said it, was, it started at four oh tons, ended at six tons. Sure. A ton is 2,000 pounds. No, 49 tons to 61 tons. Oh. Are you listening to me? Never mind. <laughs> uh, so he the weight got there because he was adding one inch 
and half inch thick thick reinforced steel plates and since he was a great welder he was able to like weld like yeah like we'll post a picture of the tank it's pretty it's actually pretty impressive so he did that he also put plexiglass and concrete armor so he had like a little peephole it was covered with plexiglass and then also like within like inside the metal plating he also had like concrete and shit poured on the bulldozer for more armor protection oh that's kind of wild so um you might be thinking how could he see ryan around the whole bulldozer with all this armor plating was that what the plexiglass was for well he had like a little tiny hole to oh, look okay. through um so he oh he also greased up the armor that way if anyone tried to crawl up his tank to like <laughs> take him out they would just slip off it and it actually worked tremendously well really <laughs> yeah um so it was equipped with three semi-automatic rifles, a Barrett 50 Cal, a 5.56 FNC, and a 2.23 Ruger. Jesus Christ. Uh, he also carried... Are these just, like, pointing out in, like, random directions? Uh, yeah, there's, like, pictures of it. I think there might have been, like, one in the front, one in the back, and then, like, probably one on the side so or something. if you're something. standing, like, directly to, to the left, you're, you're going to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a 50 Cal even But if you're you. one degree off, you're yep. fine? Yeah, exactly. Uh, he also carried two handguns with him inside the cab. One was a three fifty seven Magnum. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, so the machine, and by the way, it was air-conditioned and had many fans in it to keep him nice and cool yeah, during yeah, his rampage. You don't want to sweat there, during a rampage. <laughs> no. uh, and it was also equipped with several outside cameras so that he could see his surroundings while hunkering down in the cockpit. That's smart. Uh, the cameras were protected by bullet- bulletproof plexiglass and also had compressed air nozzles Fitted on the cameras to blow dust away from the video cameras. This guy seems like he's he planned just the fuck over out of this. engineering this yep. like death monster. Yeah, literally, making. he like put way too much planning into this. So, while building uh, the Killdozer, uh, he did what any man would do. He recorded a memoir. Now, unfortunately, due to whatever reason, the memoir has not been released to the public. Only How old little. Was this guy, by the way, he was like fifty-one or something. Oh, okay, fifty-two, fifty-one. Uh, he, so he recorded a memoir, so it was early 2000s, so like, I don't know, probably on like a really crappy like court, really camcorder or like something. 360p. Yeah, probably sounded awful. If but, I, I, I'm just guessing here, but I'm assuming that it's probably just like, you know, they bought all my land and I could never get laid yeah. and that's why I killed yeah. all these people. And now I'm going to kill fucking everyone <laughs> in this town with a bulldozer I built myself. It seems like it always comes back to people just not getting their dick wet and that's why they kill people. Yeah, you know what? Actually, his Wikipedia page never said he was married. (laughs) (laughs) Never mentioned anything about a wife. Maybe that's because he worked at a muffler shop. Sorry for anyone who works at a muffler shop, but... (laughs) Or because he was, like, you know, fucking psycho and would sue anyone. Believe it or not, mufflers don't really reel in the pussy like he wants. (laughs) Uh, So, it's kind of weird that, at least in my opinion, that the memoir is not released to the public. I don't really know what that's about. Like, it happened, like, what? Like, does his family own it? No, so it wouldn't said, it be entered into evidence? Or yeah, so it said the police released some of it to uh, news sources, but only very little, and that's all we know about it's it. Sus. Yeah. Maybe they were in on it. There you go. That, that makes no sense. Who <laughs> <laughs> would profit? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, the the local government really wanted that muffler shop. Uh, so they yeah. drove him mad. Yeah, and all that land. Uh, so in his memoir, uh, it's quoted. Or he's quoted in saying that not only did he want to cause like a crap ton of property damage, he also wanted to kill a lot of people. Okay. You know? Yeah. Sounds like a good guy to know. Sounds like an average Tuesday for me. Exactly. So, I'm going to get into the rampage now. Okay. All right? So, like I said, it's June 4th, 2004. It's around 3 p.m., by the way. Probably a beautiful 
Beautiful South Dakota day. Uh, Colorado. Oh. He, he was born in South Dakota. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Beautiful Colorado uh, day. He, it's like 16 miles outside of Boulder City, by the way. If oh, really? Actually, yeah. You ever been to Boulder City? No. I, I kind of want to go there this winter, though. Well, this is in the summer. Yeah, but I would go in the winter. You're a big skier? No. Okay. <laughs> I like sledding. I like yetis. <laughs> Are they uh, from the U.S.? No. <laughs> I thought they were from like Asia. Yeah, the Himalayas. The Himalayas, yeah. We just got Bigfoot. Got the brown yeti. But I'm pretty sure that people saw yetis by... Uh, what, I forget what, it, what it's called, but it's... Uh, uh, alta, uh, altitude induced encephalopathy, like brain, like your brain starts swelling because of the altitude and lack of oxygen, and then you start hallucinating. Listen, buddy, all I know is that in the scene from the Mummy Three, oh god, some a yeti kicks a Chinese man through some goalposts, and another yeti makes the uh, touchdown or makes the field goal. Wait, really? Yeah, you never seen that? I don't. Wait, the Mummy Three? Yeah, the one with the Jet Li's, the Chinese Mummy. I don't think I've seen that one. Bro, that's a great one. Oh God, that's is, that's not the Tom, the really shitty Tom Cruise one, right? No. What is that one? I think that's just, called, just called the Mummy. Of course, it's always yeah. Fucking I've never Tom. seen it. Yeah. I'm talking about Brendan Fraser. Oh, the yo, real turning. Real guy. The real OG Mummy, mummy guy. Yeah. Even though he wasn't the Mummy, he was. What's his name? He was the mummy hunter. Yeah, I no, he wasn't. I don't know his name. He was like this weird British dude or something, just randomly in Egypt. Either way, no, he was an American. <laughs> well, was obviously he's foreign. American, but like, why was he? Uh, all right. He was in like the Foreign Legion. I don't know. Why are we talking about the mummy? <laughs> foreign Legion's French. <laughs> all right. Either way, 2004, Derby, Colorado, or Denby. I don't fucking care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, behind the controls of a steel and concrete reinforced killdozer. He began his attack on the town and his enemies around 3 p.m. Uh, uh, apparently, rather than just opening his like garage door, he just fucking drove through it. <laughs> Which I think is kind of a badass way to start the rampage. Yeah. Also, I mean, I'd like to think he was high on cocaine. <laughs> I don't know if he was, but I feel like I'd want to be. Is Colorado big on crack? or That seems like a Dakota issue. That's definitely a Dakota yeah. issue. So, <laughs> uh, so his first target was unsurprisingly the cement plant, uh, you know, near his former business, the one that like kind of started everything for him. Yeah. So while the factory was being destroyed, the owner Cody Doshev, whatever his name is, noticed it was happening and was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna stop this," and tried to drive like a pickup truck in front of the bulldozer to stop it, and then realized he couldn't that, stop yeah, a he's fucking. Yeah, just gonna get run over by. Yeah. A... Yeah. But, like was a... he in the car? Yeah. So did, apparently did he, he got away, and it says that quote. He was rammed, he rammed the rear of Doshef's vehicle, and that's it. Huh. But so he did get out, though. Yeah, he got away. He didn't get, like, crushed to death. Did he get, like, popped by one of those rifles? <laughs> no, apparently oh. not. I t- couldn't tell you. Um, so, this is what Doshef, nope, not Doshef, um, fucking Marv was able to destroy. Uh, so, <clears throat> during his rampage, he able was able to destroy a local bank, a former business, his former business, a hardware store that had legal disputes against him, uh, the town hall. Wait, this guy's even like pissing off the Ace Hardware. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, he destroyed the town hall, the police department, the home of Granby's deceased former mayor, where his wife or widow was living at the time. Oh, really? <laughs> that poor woman. <laughs> the town's library, a local newspaper office, who editorialized against him, uh, the former judge's home, and an enormous amount of cars. <laughs> Because he probably didn't obey traffic laws, if I had to guess. 
Uh, so he spent a few minutes trying to ignite the independent propane company's storage tanks using his 50 cal rifle. Unfortunately, it wouldn't blow up. <laughs> but can you imagine you're the cop sitting behind the tank, just being like, "He's shooting at the, he's shooting at the propane, sir." Also, Sir, stop. <laughs> yeah, well, you're on a bullhorn. <laughs> also, so I watched a 15-minute-long video. It was like a like a police dash cam video of like a sergeant following the tank while it was going on a rampage. And dispatch comes through. I think I told you this. And dispatch comes through and asks the sheriff. They're like, hey, we have a civilian who claims he knows how to stop the tank. Do you want him to respond to the scene? And the sheriff's like, the sergeant's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's like... If I just, like, called the police during an action shooter situation, and I was like, hey, yeah, I got a gun. You want me to come down? <laughs> I'm pretty good at aiming at squirrels in my backyard. I think I got them. But you know that one guy woke up that morning being like, I got this. That's like if I if I call a fire department and be like, yo, I got a hose. Yeah, right? Yeah, you're, yeah. you stopped them because you're garden hosing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so naturally the sergeant said no to that proposal. Also, the dispatcher was like, can we let the fire department in? And the cop was like, no. <laughs> so something tells me they weren't prepared for this situation. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there are not a lot of times that I would think a no. killdozer no. would start rampaging no. through my town. Uh, also, side note, I didn't write this down, but it said that like he had multiple people over because he was living in this shed thing that he was also building his dozer in. Okay. And he said that he would have people over and literally no one asked about the, <laughs> the like very large dozer with like, you know, a 50 cal on it. Nobody was like, oh boy, what was that for? Yeah, like, hey Marv, what are you doing? It's a, I mean, like, it's kind of crazy though because if you're like building a car in your garage, somebody would be like, yeah, every oh, what kind of car like, you building? Oh, yeah, wait, what you got in there? And they're like, I don't know. Yeah. But everyone was like, you know what? There's no red flags. It's not like Marv sold his house, sold all of his <laughs> land, and is living in a shack building a tank. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I digress. Uh, so, so after being sealed by an industrial loader inside a group of buildings, um, Marv, in his armored Kamatsu bulldozer, tried to escape by ramming through several more buildings. Unfortunately for him, the weight of his bulldozer made the floor that he was on collapse, and his bulldozer went like like ass in or something into the basement oh, so okay. he was like at like a 60 degree angle and he couldn't get the tank out damn dude yeah so also real quick wait did somebody uh, block him in or it yeah someone someone like he like went in through a building there's like a picture of it and then someone took like a semi truck kind of thing and like blocked the where he went in okay and he for some reason couldn't come back out was of that, that just like a random guy or was that a cop i don't know oh, okay i would like to think it was a random guy the batman <laughs> of colorado <laughs> Um, so he was blocked in, couldn't come out the way he, like, came in, so he just decided to, like, plow through a fuck ton of buildings and he got stuck. Yeah. Um, side note, the Col Colorado governor considered using the Apache Hellfire missiles from the Colorado National Guard to destroy the tank. I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> that seems pretty reasonable in this situation. Bro, he literally was like, do I blow up half the town <laughs> to kill this one fucker in a tank? I mean, what else are you gonna do? And also, I was like... I kind of thought that would just be like a bullshit report, but it was in multiple articles I read. Yeah. So like, unless they all use the same source I did, <laughs> that guy was fucking tapped. <laughs> um, so the aftermath. Uh, so the attack lasted for exactly two hours and seven minutes, uh, damaging 13 buildings. Somehow, not a single life was lost, civilian or police, which... Really? Some people were like, yeah, he wasn't trying to kill people, but it was in his manifesto. Maybe he should have put some swivel on those guns. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Also, he only used it to shoot at 
uh, propane, propane tank tanks. and nothing else. So maybe, uh, maybe he wasn't operating to a sixty-four ton killdozer yeah. takes a lot of yeah. concentration, and Which you don't really probably, have time to yeah, like yep. aim the luger in the side of it. But that's also probably why he had the AC though. Yeah, you know, hot, bring man. down the tensions. It is June in Colorado. I assume is warm. Yeah, June in most places besides the southern hemisphere is warm. Or the northern, well, Antarctica the... and shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, so it's the Arctic, by the way. Um, so being stuck inside a basement, inside a bulldozer that he also sealed himself in, by the way. Did he like weld himself in? Yeah. Wait, really? I, well, I don't think he welded himself in. Oh, there, okay. there were like different reports. Some say that he had to like use a crane to lower the steel plate that he like went in, like that he covered his hatch with. Gotcha. So whatever he like covered the hatch with or whatever was so heavy that he himself couldn't get out. But it also kind of seemed like he never wanted to get out of it. Because also, what are you going to do after that? Just go to jail? Like, you... That'd be a hilarious... Pr- like, like you'd, be, you'd be in a gang immediately. Like, the max... like that's some, that's some yeah, cred, that, you know? That is some cred. It's but not the... just like, oh, what'd you do? I did a couple B&Es. It's, no, I built a tank <laughs> and <laughs> plowed through the bank, yeah. a concrete yep, factory, yep. some old lady's house. But, like, I don't really know what his game plan was. <sighs> is that the killdozer? Yeah, he put a siren on the killdozer, believe oh. it or not. But I don't really know his intentions because, like, Jesus Christ, go through the intersection. <laughs> God. I don't know his intentions because um, now I lost my goddamn train of thought. He locked himself in. I don't know what I was going to say. You don't know his intentions? Like, were you. Are you thinking it was, like, supposed to be, like, a murder type deal? Yeah, because, like, the max speed of the tank per, like, the online tank website I went on, was seven miles an hour, and likely slower because of, like, he added, like, 12 tons yeah. to it or something. So, y- you can't outrun the yeah, police. Yeah, definitely wasn't getting away. Yeah, so I think it was kind of a suicide mission, regardless. Yeah. Um, that being said, he did end up taking his life uh, with his three fifty seven Magnum. Damn, dude. Because he saw no way out, and I don't think he gave himself a way out of the tank anyways. Yeah. Uh, so... Like I said, fortunately, there were no civilian or police deaths. Uh, however, he did cause $7 million in damage to That's the town. To quote one of our favorite guys, Phil Swift, oh, That's a lot of damage! <laughs> Great man right there. Uh, so, Marv uh, is seen by many as a terrorist, naturally so. <laughs> uh, but some really? actually see him as an American patriot who stood up to an oppressive government. Um, I believe uh, those yeah, people yeah. are called uh, the Nazis, yeah. <laughs> neo-Nazis. Yep. Uh, also, so <clears throat> the police department used C4 grenades and roughly 200 rounds of ammunition, and nothing could stop the tank. This this is why... Okay. Who, what police department carries <laughs> C4? Or maybe the National Guard came in? They just... I think a lot of times they just buy, like... Like surplus from the military. Well, yeah, they probably were like, "Look, we got two grand of extra funding this year. If we don't spend it, we're gonna lose it." <laughs> I vote we buy C four. Right, what do we want? We want grenades. We want C four. <laughs> What's the vibe? Can you imagine giving a patrolman a grenade? <laughs> I know many patrolmen, and, and none of them I would trust with a hand grenade. I barely trust most cops with guns. Yeah, right. Grenades. Boom, roasted. Uh, so <laughs> a few people in Granby, which is where all this happened, proposed to the town. That they wanted to have a celebration of the incident to generate tourism. Really? The town said no. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they were like, no, man. No, absolutely. We're not, not. going to do that. Uh, also, unfortunately, the armored bulldozer was scrapped. 
Oh, bummer, dude. Kinda that should sad. be in a museum. That should 100% be in a museum. How sick would that be? You're at like a war museum, and it's like, also this. Also the Killdozer. <laughs> that never killed anyone, though. So I don't really understand why people kept naming it Killdozer. But that's the story of Marv. I'm sorry, Marvin Marvin Johnson Haymare and the Killdozer of Colorado in 2004. That's pretty wacky, dude. One man stood up to the government in the weirdest way. He's a patriot. <laughs> Goddamn American red, hero, red-blooded American, <laughs> just like George Washington. I don't uh, know if we have any listeners in South Dakota, but it seems like something a South Dakota guy would do. <laughs> uh, What's a better Dakota, South or North? I feel like North's better. I have a friend from North Dakota, and he says South Dakota is the shitty one. Which one has uh, the Mount Rushmore? No idea. That's still my favorite thing, by the way. Is that it was like a. Like, the Sioux tribe or whatever was there, they're like, this is our, like, we, like, praise and, like, pray at this monument. It's, this, like, like, it's very cliff. special to us. Yeah. And then the American government was like, I guess we'll put some president faces on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you got for us? I think us? South Dakota. Sorry, real quick. I think I do think it's in South Dakota. South Dakota, Dakota well. had that one ad campaign where apparently a bunch oh, of people cocaine, were on right? meth. Yeah. Yep. And they were like, the ad campaign was meth. We're on it. But to be like, we're stopping meth. But it just sounds like everyone in South Dakota is on meth. I mean, it's also probably not wrong. <laughs> um, unsurprisingly, Owen, uh, we don't have a cohesive theme for this. Uh, oh, shocking. And, yeah. oh, also, that being said, halfway through the entire podcast, I would like to apologize for our really sporadic posting schedule. Uh, I just started a new job with a rotating schedule, and Ryan and I are very, very inconsistent people. So, yeah. That's about it. Continue your story. Yeah, you guys can blame Owen for this one. Yeah, it is kind of me. I work different days every week. It's very confusing. Anyways, my story is about a a big old boat in the U.S. Navy. Oh, that boat. Called the USS William D. Porter. Okay. Um, uh, It has been called the uh, unluckiest ship on the ocean. Okay. Um, So the USS William D. Porter... Was a Fletcher class destroyer. <laughs> Deporter. <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> it's like the deporter. Deports people. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, anyways, it was named after Commodore William D. Porter, who was a famous uh, Civil War hero. Okay, so this was obviously. Po- what year was this? This was World War II. Okay, all right. Um, the uh, ship was captained by Lieutenant Commander Wilfred A. Walter. Uh, the vessel was 376 feet and 6 inches long. Oh, 6 inches. It's uh, 6 inches means everything, dude. Um, <laughs> its, its engines generated 60,000 horsepower and could propel the ship up to a speed of 35 knots. Uh, I don't know if I just wasn't listening, but what kind of ship is this? A Fletcher-class destroyer. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Did you do? Did you say that? Yes, I did. No, I told you I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> um so it was armed with five five-inch guns, four 40-millimeter anti-aircraft cannons, two 20-millimeter anti-aircraft cannons, ten 21-inch torpedo tubes, and six uh, depth-charge projectors. Okay. So the ship was launched on September 27th, 1942, Ooh. and was officially put into service on July 6th, 1943. Good turnaround. After several weeks of training in Norfolk, Virginia, the Porter... Uh, the Porter's first mission came around. Uh, fun fact, I've been in Norfolk, Virginia. Wow. That's my fun fact for the week. That's that's it. It's actually kind of sick because you can sit out on the water and just watch, like, fucking massive, like, 
like destroyers and shit just sail around. It's pretty cool. I think you should dress like the most obvious tourist and just like stand there with binoculars looking at the deck, being like, or looking at the dock, just being like, I'm not a spy. <laughs> I should dress like an Asian tourist and start taking pictures with my iPad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Wear like a bucket hat. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, Hawaiian shirt. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to. Do- it's crazy. You walk through Chinatown. I gotta cut all that out. Yeah, you do. None of that was all right. Uh, it's so it's so that true. That's a long bleep. All right, anyways. They are a weird. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave that. <laughs> and scene. Um. So, in November. <laughs> Sorry, that was so funny. <laughs> uh, it's most likely gonna be cut, but we just uh. went on a rant. <laughs> um. In November 1943, the post- <laughs> so funny, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> bring it down. Bring it down. Okay. Okay. We're not talking about <laughs> Oh, God. Oh. And cut. Oh. In night. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like I said, they're... <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta fucking refocus this one, boys. <laughs> In November 1943, the Porter was one of several ships in charge of escorting the USS Iowa to North Africa. Are you taking Snapchats? Yeah, I'm taking Snapchats. My streak's about to die. It's more important than your fucking story. Continue. That was hurtful. I'm not the first one to say that. Um, The USS Iowa's mission was to carry uh, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt on a and the, the secretaries of state and the joint chiefs of staff to Israel for the Tehran conference, which is like the famous conference where he met with um, the English prime minister and Joseph Stalin. It's a long boat ride. <laughs> uh, I forget. I'll get there later, but I'll tell you how many days it was. All right. Um, so this was an obviously incredibly important mission, which requires constant vigilance and ultimate professionalism, Owen. However, uh, <laughs> while Sorry. pulling out of port, yep. uh, someone on the porter forgot to raise the anchor up all the oh, way. Jesus Christ. So <laughs> With the president on board? No, 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 The president was on the Iowa. Okay, the porter gotcha. was this a destroyer was part of, yeah, to this was part of escort the convoy. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, this dragged the chain alongside another ship uh, moored in the port. Nice. And the chain collided with the moored ship. Ripped off all of the light boats, lifeboats on one side, damaged the railings, and caused thousands of dollars of damage, <laughs> which back in 1940 money was a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So, surprisingly, uh, the porter itself was undamaged and, for some reason, was allowed to continue on the mission. Love it. Yeah. So, <laughs> the USS Porter eventually met up with the Iowa on uh, their secret escort mission. Uh, the journey across the Atlantic would take eight days. Okay. So, it is a long boat ride. I mean, that's just from the Atlantic, so they start to go to the Mediterranean, right? Which is, like, the size of the continental U.S., so that's still probably at least a day I think they're only taking them to North Africa, and then they're going to, like, fly or something. Oh. I don't then know. excuse me. Um, their course would take the Iowa and the Porter through U-boat-infested waters. Mm. So, in a formation like this, it was a destroyer's job to defend against the submarines. Yep. Uh, with depth charges. Yep. So, because of the high risk of submarine attacks, the porter was told to train and uh, and practice with depth charges during the first days of the journey. All right. So, these fake depth charges uh, weren't actually fake depth charges. They okay. were just real depth charges just not that had something. not been armed. Yeah. 
So <laughs> one day into the journey while drilling with the disarmed charges, uh, one crew member on the porter forgot to disarm the depth charge. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> and not only was it armed, it was also unsecured and uh, rolled off the back of the deck into the ocean and promptly exploded underwater. Um, the charge exploded pretty close to the USS Iowa, which, let's not forget, Owen, was carrying U.S. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Jesus Christ. Um, every ship in formation started, like, freaking out. Oh, yeah, they probably thought it was a torpedo, Yeah, because right? their radar, their sonar's going off. Yeah. And so everybody thought it was a, there were, like, must have been a German sub somewhere. Um, and all, all of the ships flew into evasive maneuvers uh, until a short while later when the porter... Uh, and they were admitted. signaled by the porter that they were the ones that caused the explosion. Jesus Christ. I would have just stayed silent. Like, eventually <laughs> they'll figure out there's no sub. Yeah, there must have been a sub somewhere, guys. <laughs> That's when you just grab a gun and you're, you pretend. Um, so that uh, very same day, a freak wave hit the side of the porter. Jesus. Which washed one sailor overboard. Oh, fuck him. And flooded the boiler room. Did they stop for the guy? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so it flooded the boiler room, which caused the porter to lag behind all the other ships. Nice. And uh, no, they never found the guy. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he may have been the only casualty on this boat ever. That's how every sailor wants to go, though. Yeah. Just drowning. I like mean, that, that yeah. sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd, yeah. Because yep. you don't even have, like, well, I guess you'd probably have a life vest on. I mean, hopefully. Yeah. Probably not. I don't Who know. knows? What with, I wasn't there. What with me reading the uh, USS Indianapolis, the life vest situation on boats back then was kind of fucked. I mean, you ever heard of the Titanic? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, where was I? This is oh, a great yeah. story. So the captain was forced to break radio silence to inform the Iowa why they were going so slow. Yeah, you know, it's man cool. overboard, half flooded situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, they never found that sailor. Um. And then further into the journey, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt requested that the Iowa show him how it would defend from air attacks. Weird request. So Do this... you think it was a request because he was fucking terrified, or he was just wanted to actually see it? I don't know. I think it just. I think it's just something they do too. Like they were drilling torpedoes. Oh well, yeah. Or they're drilling like um, depth charges. I think they like also drill. Got a flex for the president. Like AA stuff. Fuck the fish. So this one <laughs> drill. Um, they had this one drill where they would release a bunch of uh, balloons, and then the anti-aircraft gunners oh, would, would shoot at them. Off. Pretty badass right there. Yeah, so the Iowa ended up not hitting all of the balloons, and some drifted towards the porter. And the porter's gunners uh, cleaned up the rest of the balloons, no problem. But then the captain uh, ordered a test fire of the torpedoes, mm-hmm. and... <laughs> The crews of the Porter successfully test-fired tube one and tube three, but then when they were going to test-fire, or t- they successfully test-fired tube one and tube two. Okay. And then when they were going to test-fire tube three, they heard a suspicious whooshing sound. Yikes, Jesus. <laughs> Someone had actually left the primer in place on the torpedo in tube three. Oh, God. Um, now, the Porter, Owen, was about 6,000 yards behind the Iowa, which, let's not forget, was carrying U.S. President <laughs> Franklin Delano Roosevelt. <laughs> and they just shot a torpedo? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, Commander Walter had already been chastised for breaking radio silence earlier. Yeah, do you, did this man have a career after this? Or um, is that ruining the story? I believe, in the end, he was like, 
he was like moved to shore duty. Yeah, that sounds about right. So they put him in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> so he's already in charge of breaking radio sounds earlier for telling them that yeah. the boiler room flooded. So he was kind of hesitant to do it again. Well, I feel like that's the one time <laughs> there is a torpedo. <laughs> so yeah, he there was a torpedo. So he tried to signal them uh, with uh, yeah, a shit. signal lamp. Yep. yep. So, <laughs> however, in the haste. Uh, in their haste, the porter signaled the wrong message oh, and informed the Iowa that they were traveling at full speed backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's a big fuck up. All reversal. I'd rather accidentally be like, there's people attacking us rather than just be like, I'm going backwards, by the way. Yeah. Like, so that's great. <laughs> they eventually radioed the Iowa that there was a torpedo incoming and the Iowa was uh, able to perform evasive maneuvers. Wouldn't, wouldn't the Iowa pick that up on Sony? or something or just because there's so many boats around them they couldn't i don't think or... that's really how sonar worked back then gotcha i don't know i know there's just a dude sitting there with headphones on <laughs> <laughs> yeah staring at it like a big yeah staring at it like a circular screen yeah. yeah yeah um so the torpedo fired by the porter exploded three thousand yards off the rear of the iowa um <laughs> now so it, like traveled half the di- right you said there was like six thousand away yeah Still pretty good travel. So the Iowa um, <laughs> was getting a tad suspicious of the porter. Yeah. So they immediately stopped and turned all their guns on the porter. I mean, that's kind of fair considering they've been just fucking with the convoy the whole time. <laughs> so <laughs> fearing that the porter was attempting an assassination, nice. uh, they were ordered to sail to Bermuda. Okay. So Bermuda, Bahamas. When they got there, the entire crew was arrested. Jeez, are the whole crew? Yeah, because they're like, yo, somebody here is Even trying the to kill the president. <laughs> You think the poor chef didn't do anything? <laughs> I was just cooking lobster. <laughs> Wasn't your brother a chef on a boat? Yes, he was. Yo, shout out Eric. And he uh, cooked up lobster a lot, he said. He got the lot. naval star, right? <laughs> <laughs> so They had lobster? Yeah, I don't know why, but he said he had to like prep like 5,000 lobsters in one day or something. Jesus Christ, that sounds awful. Um, so when they got there, the entire crew was arrested, and uh, Chief Torpedoman Lawton Dawson... That's a sick name. Was sentenced to 14 years of hard labor. Holy shit, really? <laughs> His, For uh, what? Just because he accidentally primed a torpedo that was aimed at the president? <laughs> <laughs> he was. His sentence was eventually reduced by FDR. Yeah, but so, by how much? I don't know. I could find Because I still feel like I would hold a little bit of a grudge. <laughs> well, like, look, it, you might not have done it on purpose, but you legitimately almost killed me. <laughs> apparently, um... FDR, when he heard that there was a torpedo aiming for the Iowa, was like, yo, push me to the railing. I want to see this. Because he was in a wheelchair. Dude, he must have not done well in swells. <laughs> lock his wheels, lock his wheels. <laughs> oh, he's rolling again. <laughs> you, you get hit by a big wave and you go to, into the president's room to find him and he's facing the corner of a wall because he can't get out. His wheelchair's just on its side. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Anyways. So, the porter was uh, reassigned to the Aleutian Islands, where for about a year, it continued or it conducted anti-submarine patrols, and uh, it even assisted in the... What was that, Paul? Paul home? We'll just be quiet. He's like a T-Rex. He can't hear us. He can only see movement. Yeah. Um, yes, so the porter was reassigned to the Aleutian Islands where it conducted anti-submarine patrols for about a year and even assisted the recapture of the Kuril Islands. 
from the Japanese because you know they invaded the Aleutian Islands. Yeah. Owen's just looking at me with the most panicked face because he doesn't want his cousin to hear no, him I'm recording just a so, podcast. Uh, that was the one that was part of uh, Alaska, right? Yeah, the Aleutian That was Islands. then eventually evaded by Yeah, the Coral Islands, the Aleutian Islands. Yeah, like the weird stem thing, but like even further than that. It's called an archipelago. Is that how you actually say that? No, you say archipelago. Yeah, that's what I actually say, yeah. <laughs> um, the scientific term. <laughs> so, towards the end of the war... Uh, the porter was eventually assigned to the Pacific Fleet. Good for him. You know, he's traveling the world. <laughs> he. And the uh, ship, but... it moved down to Pearl Harbor. Ooh. While they what were year? there, what however, year? What year? I think 1943. Oh, okay. All right. So they weren't. Oh, it's it's massively after. Okay. All right. The bomb, oh, yeah. You did say that. The yeah. bombing of Pearl Harbor. I just figured with their luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but while they were there, uh, one sailor got drunk and accidentally fired a uh, shell into some commander's yard. <laughs> Which, um, like on the island, yeah, kind of wild. Which, man. uh, not only destroyed his garden but ruined his dinner party. Oh, that's the worst part. <laughs> he was like home with his wife entertaining guests, and they were just here, like, he's like, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> they you, already did this. <laughs> who, do you, who do you call for that? Like, do you think they like did a lot, or do you think he just wrote it off, or do you think like no, they he activated probably, that guy like, probably got court martialed? No, I just mean like when it blew up, do you think he was like we're under attack again, and they just like the entire island went nuts? Or? I don't know. I would take that one fact uh, with a grain of salt because I got it from Cracked.com, but I couldn't find it on Wikipedia. I don't so. even know what Cracked is. I know some shitty website that thinks it's edgy, but it's actually just really fucking annoying. It's probably what they say about us. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um. Anyways, uh, later during the Battle of Okinawa, during an air attack. The uh, porter accidentally raked the side of the USS Luce uh, with machine gun fire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he just shot another friendly ship. Did they get anyone? Um, no, nobody was hurt. But the porter's story would come to an end later in that battle when uh, they were dive-bombed by a Japanese VAL, which is like a type of airplane. Yeah. Um, porter ma- the porter managed to dodge the VAL, which crashed into the water, but the aircraft's momentum and the ocean's current pushed the plane directly under the porter's hull, where it exploded, momently, momentarily lifting the porter out of the water. Had to be a fun ride. Yeah, it's like a... Was it the same captain this whole time? I don't, I don't know. I, I think he got dismissed at Bermuda. Yeah. Um, for three hours, should be. the crew fought fires and desperately uh, tried to repair the ship, but the damage was too great and the porter was abandoned. Do you think anyone actually picked them up, or they were like, fuck this crew? <laughs> well, strangely enough, nobody uh, uh, actually died during that. So one guy died, so the entire time someone died was when he just got whooshed off the deck? Yep. That poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the story of the USS Porter. Do you think if you served on the Porter, you tell your kids you did something else? Yeah, I was on the Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, I swear, the whole time. I never went to Alaska. <laughs> this one fuck nugget shot a torpedo at us. <laughs> I said, get down, Mr. President. <laughs> I put the brakes on his wheelchair and I held him. <laughs> how, do, how do you, how do they think about this? Because they got those like tight ass stairways in the Did in they the have ship. elevators? Or what, was it some seaman's job to carry the president? <laughs> I was just thinking. That. They had a wheelchair on every floor for him. <laughs> you just got to like throw over your shoulder. <laughs> no, he's the president. You got to carry him like a baby. <laughs> like, a ba- like a princess. <laughs> yeah. Limp legs. <laughs> Anyways, that is the story of the USS Porter. Um, so we're done with this one, I guess. That was so bad. 
Um, uh, that was make the sure worst you, episode yet. <laughs> make sure you follow us on Instagram at what happened underscore pod. And when you follow us, if you have a quick history tidbit, DM us and you'll get featured in the next episode. And I'm keep I'm still saying it because none of you fuckers ever DM'd us. I should probably put it in the top of the episode, shouldn't I? Who listens to this part? Yeah, that's a good point. You mean like at the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, you should probably do that. Yeah. There's no one still here, is there? Probably not. I'm barely here. <laughs> All right. Well, that was this week's. We'll be back next week see with you. another fantastic episode. See you, see you later. Released on another different day. Mm-hmm. Until then. What happened? <laughs>